MLIW, The Walking Dead, and Fear the Walking Dead review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to LAW, The Walking Dead review, episode 132. I apologize if my voice goes out. It does often, but even more so right now because I just rocked out for like, I don't know, 30 minutes to local H, and they are a screaming band. And my voice cannot handle that, as you know, as a listener to this show. Listen to this. Listen to this thing going out. It's like an old car. You can just hear it about ready to slip and, and the transmission slip and it's just going to stall. You can hear this shit going out. It's getting all like, it's, uh, uh, it's getting derely from the previous seven seasons. So, <clears throat> ah, sorry. Uh, hopefully it's the last time I have to do that. It's The Walking Dead 906. Who are you now? Phoenix West. I'm Phoenix West. Uh, did I say that? Yeah. If not, if not, it's a good chance to answer that question. So, this is a pivotal episode, and I can't believe they didn't have that cliffhanger at the 908 into 909 episode. They did it in the 905 and the 906, which is, again, ballsy and different and unexpected from this show. And holy shit, it is such a breath of fresh fucking air. Thank you. And I'm putting, I'm pinning it all on Angela Kang. I know she was a writer in previous seasons and a producer in, in previous seasons, but I am putting it squarely on her. And that is a good thing. For once, I'm not blaming someone. I'm saying, I noticed you took over the episodes I liked. You took over as executive producer. You're writing. And I think she has steered the show off away from the cliff. It was literally falling over the cliff, if not in deep down into the gorge below. But she somehow like grew wings and put it back on the cliff. And she's kind of like steering it away from it. Not entirely away from it. But enough, as much as you could expect from where they were before. I, I literally couldn't imagine. I, I don't know how they could have done this season any better. It's it's a because oh, I'm so I'm I'm flummoxed on how to start this sentence because I don't know what to say. I'm so not used to being positive in the show. I don't know where she could have gone that would have been better because they were fucking lost. They were literally wandering around in the zombie infested woods, and it was like, where'd all the fans go? Hello. Hello? Who are you now? We're still the walking dead, kind of. And they lost everybody. <clears throat> voice is going. It's gone. <laughs> it's, this is going to be a shit show for my voice. But uh, and, but I, since Angela King took over, which I, I, kinda, I feel like I made fun of her in the 900 episode. I don't know if I did or not. I really have to go back and listen. I don't think I did. I don't know why I would have. If I did, I was fucking around. I don't know. I didn't know a thing about her. Never heard of the lady before before that episode. So... I thought she came on fresh. Didn't realize till afterward when I researched, and I'm like, why is this show good now? And I saw her fucking name plastered over every episode I liked. And I'm like, okay, here we go. That lady from the 900 episode that I talked about. When they introduced her, and she was so excited. And she's like, here I am. Show's going in a different direction. And I was like, yeah, right. Heard this before. And she was right. I trust this lady implicitly now. I trust her so much. It's, it's crazy because you listened last season that I did this show, right? I fucking hated it. I fucking hated the last season, especially the season, maybe the season before even more. I don't know. I have to, I can't remember my angry levels on season to season, but it's to the point where I can't even tell you what happens in season six and early season seven. I couldn't even tell you. I really have, it's a vague memory. It feels like a, a lifetime removed. And I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to be back in sobriety. I have my, my one year token here with season nine, and I'm very excited to be alive. But anyway, this one starts off, uh, what I, oh no, no, sorry, what I was going to get to was, uh, it's very ballsy of them to make the, the, the Rick, you know, dying, quote unquote, 
you know, the bridge exploded and he vanished and they couldn't find him. They didn't even look for his ass. But it, they just, they didn't do that at 9.08 into the cliffhanger in the season nine where they have that like four month gap. They didn't do that. Thank you. Is that, I'm going to say it for every fan who didn't. Thank you for not doing some, some, something so fucking predictable. I even made fun of myself last season. Or I'm going to make fun of myself right now. Last season, I was like, they're not just going to throw Rick into the side and say, yeah, he's gone. He left. That's what they fucking did. They do that. Rick does not appear in this episode. And I'm not going to get into future episodes. But they do what I made fun of when I'm making fun of myself right now for saying. They did that thing I didn't think they could possibly do. They did it, and it worked. Holy shit. How did they pull that off? I don't know. Can't figure it out. I'm not used to this positivity. I'm going to reject it here soon. My body's going to go into shutdown mode like an old car again, like my throat. But anyway, let's get into the actual episode. Michonne, she's doing a uh, funeral speech. Her hair's different now. She's kind of sitting there by herself, and she's talking to a gravesite. You don't know who it is. Uh, I don't know. We assume it's Rick, but her hair's different, noticeably different. I don't know why. We don't know why at first. You can kind of figure it out there in a moment. She goes, she's like wandering around looking for something. She goes into a van. And I'm like, hey, is it the, the van from the van lesbians from last season or two seasons ago or how the fuck long ago they were where they brought the book of the future with them, the stupid record collecting assholes that we, we never catch back up with? Um, she's looking around. She finds a cowboy figurine, which is exactly Rick. It might as well be a Walking Dead action figure that they just found in a store. And she's like, oh, the Walking Dead. Uh, that's a popular show. Here we go. Here's the Rick action figurine. Oh, great. Here we go. It might as well have been that. She she puts it in her little satchel and, and leaves. Um, we see Daryl. He's looking around. He sees some CGI birds. They go up to some zombies. They pull the worms out of them, and then they feed it to the their young. And I'm like, you get it? Life cyclical. Even in death, there's life. It's everything cyclical. We go, you know, we go from go from the ground to life to back into the ground, back into some other life somewhere else. It's cyclical. You get it? Who are you now? Who are you now, audience? You're just going to be warm food soon, which feeds in the new life. Unless you bury yourself in a casket in the ground for some fucking awkward reason I can't, I can't, can't comprehend. I literally do not know why people bury themselves. And just bury me in the ash where I can turn into something else, maybe have some fucking plants grow, or just throw my ass in the ocean, maybe some, something will eat me. I don't give a shit. I, I want to be part of this world after I'm gone. Me just rotting in a box doesn't do shit for me. I'm not going to notice. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to be like in heaven like, fuck, I wish I was an ash blown around in the breeze, spread over the whole fucking world. Right now I could really do some haunting. God damn. But I can't because I'm everywhere. Does that mean I can haunt everywhere? I, I don't know the rules of heaven. Shit. Heaven. Because <laughs> I'm going to get in the heaven. Well, it would be better. My next note is it would be better, honestly. This is my only gripe of this season. My only major gripe. I wish they didn't show Rick being saved by Jadis at the end of the last episode in the helicopter. I wish they didn't show that. I wish they just had him blow up the bridge and he's gone. But I feel like I know why they did it. And I kind of forgive him for it because if they did that, they go, oh, a weak fucking ending for the main character. So this kind of saves them when they go, oh, it's, not, it's a weak ending, but he's alive. So there's some plan in the future. This gets them off the hook for a while until they figure out what they're going to do. And I'm sure they have something in the works. But I kind of, as a fan, like with a fucking brain, and, and I just wish they would have had me go, whoa, what the fuck? He, 
Okay, he's he's out of the show in episode five. Holy shit, that's ballsy. And I I would I personally wouldn't think anything differently, but I also get why they did it. And I kind of now I have those expectations. It's kind of hard to put my sh- myself into my shoes if I didn't know the information that he's still alive. If I really thought that was his ending, maybe I'd be angry. I, so my major gripe is even like kind of uh, I kind of stop myself from having that as a major gripe because I don't even know if I would be still mad at that point. Point is, as an idea, having seen the whole season, I I was like, oh, I wish they would have not told me that, but I kind of see why they did it, but also still kind of wish they didn't. So I'm being unreasonable. I'm being unreasonable at this point, and I'm willing to admit it. Again, my voice is going out. I apologize. Um, Judith, who we saw at the last episode, is aged several years. She brings uh, Dan Fogler's uh, group back to the camp. Who this group, new group that we're introduced to in this in this episode, well, technically the last episode, they call the zombies sickos. So we got geeks from Glenn, um, walkers, sickos. What else we got? I like in uh, 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 Shaun of the Dead when they call him. Don't call him that. When he says zombie, he's like, don't call him that. He's like, what? He's like the Zed word. So in my notes, I often call them the Zeds, just from Shaun of the Dead. So if I ever say that, that's why. Now you know. Go ahead and pay attention to that. But I'm not going to call them sickos because that's fucking weird. That's lame. Walkers is stupid, but at least it makes sense. They're walking around, and that's literally all they do. So I get that point. Geeks is fucking stupid. Glenn's an asshole. He deserved to get his head smashed in by Negan. I totally agree. Wholeheartedly agree with Negan just for that one one word he said. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on his side now. So uh, since this fa- flash forward here, which is a strange, strange time for a flash forward, after... Uh, Rick's, you know, quote unquote death. Are we going to go? I, I assume next season they're going to go back in time or maybe even two seasons. They're going to go back in time and explain what Rick did while he's gone. If they wait two years, though, Rick might look 75 because that guy is aging crazy. If you go back and look at season one, he looks so young compared to now. <laughs> it's only been nine years. It's crazy. He hit, he hit that age that guys get to. Like, I'm, I'm about to hit that in, I don't know, two, three years. So in, in, <clears throat> that means in 10 years, I'm going to look like I aged 20 years. It's, it's going to be intense. I'm looking forward to it kind of where it's, it's uh, guys in their late 30s. When they hit their late 40s, they look completely different than they did. They just look like 25 to 35. You look a little different. You might have a couple grays in your hair. I have a couple grays in my beard, a little, little on the temples. <clears throat> Not too much. My dad at 30 was completely white haired, but um, I, I just look, I'm going to look completely fucking different la- later on down the road. And Rick looks like a baby in, in season one, season two. Cause I was just making posters today for all, all nine seasons that are out for my kind of my personal reference. And also just for the website and also for like, in case I need them down the road, I made them for each season. And I also made them for fear of the walking dead and the comic book as well. See how that goes. I don't know. I don't know why I did it. I did it for myself. I was bored. Waiting around for phone calls and shit. So I just made some posters. I made about, I don't know, 20 of them. Also, American Horror Story every single season. I made a lot of fucking posters today and yesterday. Just doing a lot of poster work. <clears throat> Way off topic. Sorry, my throat. I'm so sorry I keep clearing my, mic- my, uh, clearing my microphone. Clearing my throat into the microphone. I warned you early on. It is going out. And I, I was going to do a couple shows in a row. I don't feel like that's going to happen now. Anyway, um, the, the time jump is what I mentioned there. Uh, and... This is a strange time because we just had a time jump five episodes, six episodes ago. So it's a already we're jumping years now. It's, it seems like you would have done it before the season, but 
I feel like uh, him deciding to leave the show really threw a wrench into the plans, and they're like, okay, got to do something here. So they're going to go back to him leaving and then catching up, I assume. I don't know. Maybe they won't. Who knows? I, I'm going to assume they would. Otherwise, why keep him alive? But the point is, in that jump, somewhere in between that timeline there, Carol married Ezekiel, or is with him. They keep calling her the queen. She doesn't like that title. Henry is way the fuck older. He's like a grown-up now, played by a completely different actor now, obviously. Um, they, uh, since this is a time jump, and obviously, and, and Judith is older, she takes all the group to the Alexandria. Uh, Sadiq takes uh, the wounded girl in that group there to the infirmary. Michonne shows up. She's like, who the fuck are these guys? Uh, we don't do this anymore. We don't take in newcomers anymore. Remember what happened last time? They keep mentioning last time and last time and last time when shit didn't go right. And I'm like, oh, keeps, they keep mentioning it. And I keep waiting for the episodes. And then I look down the, the uh, on IMDb. I saw, I don't look at the plots because they fucking reveal some heavy shit. Now. So I purposely don't look at those. But I saw an episode called Scars. And I'm like, yep, it's probably that one. And sure as shit it was. It's way later in the season, though. But I'm glad they did it. It's, they do a good job hinting at future plot lines, even though it's in the past. They keep hinting at things. And they pay off. So they, they set something up. Get this, get this. They set something up. <clears throat> uh, previous uh, episodes, seasons of Walking Dead. Check this out. They, they, they hint at something. And then they keep talking about it. And then they pay it off at the end. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? When you, when you pay off your writing toward the, to the audience? Can you imagine that? When your plot actually follows a trajectory? Even though we don't know what it is, they still go back and tell us what it was. Can you believe that? Isn't that crazy? Previous seasons of The Walking Dead? Isn't that fucking intense? Like, it's crazy. This is a... It's like, it's like someone wrote this season. It's like someone went, hey, what are we going to do in the next episode? Before we finish this one, what are we going to do in the future? Because believe it or not... We have to know where this is going. We can't be lost. This isn't literally and, and, and figuratively. We can't be the show lost, and we can't just be lost one around the woods like the previous seasons. We can't just be like, what are we going to do? Uh, Negan, we're going to fight him. He gets his throat slit by some tree with a weird reflecting glass thing. I'm just going to save him. And it's really cheesy, and nobody liked it. Where did the audience go? Oh, shit. No, they went, hey... We're going to do this episode, and where's that going to go? Oh, what are we going to do with this then? Okay, we're going to talk about this. Oh, we can save that for later, and therefore it explains why they're going through this now, why they're so reluctant now, and it pays off. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. Thank you so goddamn much. It's nice not to be like just... The previous season's episodes were just spinning wheels in the mud. They're just stuck, like waiting for something else to come up. We're just going to spin our wheels here and blah, 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 and you're just stuck. And this season's like, I feel like they actually planned it out. They wrote it on paper and then maybe they put some fucking note cards on the wall and they went, all right, for the green episode down the road here, what are we going to do for this? Okay, well, let's move this plot forward and we're going to connect it here with this string. This is what you do in a writer's room, by the way. This is what you got to do. You have to like think episodes down the line, how it's going to impact your characters. Especially when characters, when actors are leaving your show, you have to go, okay, how do we write around that? And they did it in, a, in the best way they could this season. Because a number of actors apparently wanted to fucking leave, and they dealt with that. And they did a good job. Considering the shit show they got handed by the actors, they got, they got put in a real difficult situation this season with the main character going, ow, ow, on out. And I don't blame him for leaving in, in last season. But 
they did the best they could for the, the the shitty hand they were dealt with their main character leaving. How the fuck do you handle that? Most shows could not handle that at all, and The Walking Dead did, and it shows. and And I'm proud of them. And that's a weird thing for me to say, and I feel a little dirty for saying it, but I, it's true. I don't want to hold this season. I don't want to use the dirt of previous seasons against this season. Each season's a fresh slate. Honestly, I'm I'm very fair. <laughs> I'm a fair dictator, if nothing else. I, I think I'm pretty fair about it. But they 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 wiped the, the slate clean, and they're starting fresh here. And even without their main character, show works. Show works. It doesn't matter. Um. Anyway, Michonne shows up. She wants to put them on the, in the holding until they can figure out what the fuck to do with them. The uh, kingdom. They announced that the kingdom is holding a fair to bring all the communities together. Ezekiel's very excited about it. And if you know anything about the comic. You know, the fair is a very, very important storyline. And you know where this season's going to go. That I knew that where it was going to go the second he mentioned the fair. And I go, oh, shit, they're doing it. Otherwise, they wouldn't mention it, honestly. At this, at this point, episode six, the new season had me trusting it. I go, okay, they're going the fair storyline. They're going the whisperers. They haven't even introduced the whisperers yet, which is fucking crazy. They're introducing the fair already. And I'm like, holy shit, they're doing this. They are setting up the fair before the whisperers. That's fucking crazy. And 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 I appreciated it. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel anything. It was just a line of dialogue thrown out that if you're just a casual viewer, you probably wouldn't even notice. If you didn't know anything about the comic, you would not even catch that line. You'd be like, oh, fair, okay, moved on. But as a as a reader of the comic, you're like, the fair. I'm like, oh God, I know where this shit goes, and it is fucking tense. It's one of the most, it's one of the craziest panels, single panels. I mean, there's several of them, but one panel in, in particular in the comic book, I can picture it in my head, is one of the most intense panels in the fucking entire comic. And I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do for that. Holy shit, they're doing that, but I don't, who are they going to, I think I don't want to get in the spoilers or anything in case you haven't watched that ep- those episodes yet, but what are they going to do for that? Oh, God. And so I, I had this like thing in the back of my mind, and I'm like, I figured they're gonna do it at the end of the season because they haven't even, they haven't even introduced the the main antagonist of the season yet. So I was expecting something, and it was set up, and I'm like, okay, they're gonna do that, and by the end of the season, they're probably gonna do that scene. Here we go. Let's let's wait until that happens. What else is happening? They kept me invested with other plot lines, being like. They have like a council meeting where they introduce the group that was inter- uh, brought in by Judith, which is Magna, Connie, Luke, Kelly, and Yumiko, or Yumiko, however they say her name. But these are characters from the comic, or at least half of them are. Uh, Yumiko and Magna are. I don't know about the rest of them. But uh, Magna, she's she was in a movie. What the fuck movie was that? I forget what it was. Uh, Spring? Was it Spring? She's really good in that movie. It's it's a good movie. Not a great movie, but really good movie. Or, Decent movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it all the way through. I didn't regret watching it. But uh, she's kind of like a hardcore, like a badass type girl. Uh, Connie is a mute. She, possibly, and she's deaf. I don't know if she's mute or not. They don't, I don't want to see her try to communicate. She's speaking sign language. Luke is Dan Fogler's character, music teacher. Kelly is Connie's sister. And just speaks sign language back to her, but she can speak. She's not deaf or, or uh, mute. Yumiko is like an Australian girl. Um, I don't. They don't really go into her character a whole lot, but uh, they're interviewing them and be like, "Why do you think you deserve here? What happened before? Yada 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 yada. All those questions you would ask in this situation. 
And then uh, Michonne tricks Magna into revealing her tattoos. And she's like, these are prison tattoos. Da, da, da. These are prison tattoos. And why don't you show them the knife? And she, she pulls off her belt buckle, and it's like a fucking knife in the belt buckle. And then uh, she leaves the room, and everyone's kind of questioning whether or not she should allow these group, this group to stay there. Um, later, we see Rosita and Gabriel. They're talking about setting up like a remote amplifier for the radio. And they're going to go away out, and they're like, it's beyond the radio zone or something. And they, they decide they're going to do it anyway. They're not going to tell anybody. And then she kisses him at the end. And I'm like, the fuck? He moves on. He was with Jadis. I mean, that was a couple of years ago in this in this story, new storyline that we have here. But damn, Father Gabriel pimping. Rosita's the catch in this world. The catch. I mean, that's it. Who, who, who else? What are you going to do? Like, is he going to move the fucking ocean side and make out you know, like the fuck of the lesbians out there? What was he going to do? I don't, I don't know. And anyway, so uh, Henry and Carol, they're driving around. I don't know where the fuck they're going. I don't really care. They hear a woman scream. Uh, they go and run after him. They get ambushed by the saviors that were uh, that left in the previous season or previous episode that pulled the tried to get guns from Carol. They they decide they're going to rob him, but they're going to let him go. And there's like a pathetic little fight over Carol's ring because the one guy wants Carol's ring, and then they lose obviously because Henry's a fucking child. And if I call him Thomas in the future in my notes, it's because I wrote Thomas sometimes because Henry, for some reason, couldn't keep track of that name. Kept writing Thomas. Had to keep going back and editing it. I might have missed some though. That's why I'm saying this. Um, they take the ring though, and then Henry's just like, "Why the fuck you let him take the ring? Should have fought back. It's not right. You tell me to do what's right." And then, and then doesn't realize. Uh, doesn't weigh in like a uh, size of people taking ring from you, weapons of people taking ring from you, quantity of people taking ring from you, and the fact that it's just a fucking ring. He doesn't weigh any of that in, and the fact that he's a teenager and only has a stick. He doesn't weigh any of that in, and instead he goes, I should have like, uh, you know, we, we could have fucked him up and taken the ring back. I'm like, you fucking tried. You failed miserably within seconds. What else? What? What? What Pokemon card, what like, what plus four resistance to all ailments card were you going to pull out of your back pocket that would help you in this situation? What fucking magical force were you going to invoke, invoke that would have helped you overcome this, given then the fact, given the fact that you did all of you could and still failed miserably? What else was there to be done? Other than the wine card you pulled out of your back pocket. fucking the ring and we didn't fight back. You told me to stand up for what's right, but we didn't do anything. <laughs> my name is Henry. Why is my name Henry? That's an old man's name. What the fuck else are you going to do, kid? Were you going to like reach deep in yourself, get bitten by a, a radioactive spider and become Spider-Man and fuck this guy up? What the fuck were you going to do? What, what magical ailment? What magical amulet, I, I should say, are you gonna are you gonna put on that's just gonna make you overcome these guys and negate all facts and numbers? I, I don't, I fucking hate this kid right here. And I was like, God, oh, you suck, you douchebag. I, I, I hate to go that simplistic, but he's a fucking douchebag in this scene, and I fucking hated him. He gets me later. I like him later, but I was like, what? What did you expect? What did you expect? There's nothing else she could have done. She's more patient than you are because she's older and she's not a whiny bitch like you are. You're a whiny bitch, Henry. I should move on, right? Um, Eugene and Rosita, they're in a wagon. Uh, I love the fact that the wagons have car seats in them, like from literal cars. Like they use those instead because gas is probably just dumb at this point. 
and just not able to get any, or it's, it's like expiring. It's not like the Battlefield Earth movie where they go there, they fly jet <laughs> jet planes that have been <laughs> sitting there for like a, literally a thousand years, and the gas is fine. Whatever. Anyway, um, but they have car seats in the front of the the wagons, and like just bolted in there. I love that. Um, but they're going to set up a radio, and I'm like, are they setting up the store the Stephanie storyline already? I think her name is Stephanie from the comic, if I'm not mistaken. It's a guy that it's a girl that Eugene starts to talk to. I think she's from Ohio. It's been a while since I read that comic, but it's it's a woman he talks to over the radio when he gets really sad and pathetic and, and crazy. But are they setting that up already? Uh, I would have to assume so because they, he starts to climb the tower, and then he drops a little bag. She start, Rosita's on the ground. She's like, "The zombies are hordes coming! Hurry, 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 hurry!" And he drops a small little bag. He's about I don't know forty feet up in the air. Drops a little bag, and it's like on the ground and then all the horses are like what the fuck was that and they trot away and i'm like that didn't seem very realistic and the zombies are like oh here we go <laughs> there's a small little bag hit the ground that was, whoa let's go in that direction and i'm like that made like a noise it would have been or from a distance I wouldn't be like, ka ka ka! Rat ta 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 ta! It wouldn't have been all that. It would have just been like, ta, a little, little, one half a second of a noise, maybe at most. To the zombies, would have sounded like nothing. Would have sounded like absolutely nothing. And instead, everyone in the world, dead or not, goes horseshit over this. Horseshit because the horses run off spraying shit all over the ground because they're so terrified of this small little bag hitting the ground. But uh, Eugene falls and fucks up his, his knee, which I don't even want to get into. We'll get into that later. I'll, I'll fucking talk about that in probably the next episode. Uh, but uh, we also cut back to see Judith, and she's getting like math help from Negan. She sits outside on the stairs, and Negan's cell is right there, and she's like, if a, if a plane from Saskatchewan is flying at 270 to one of those fucking math problems, which I got to be honest, I could probably figure out if I sat down, you give me 25 minutes and a pencil and several pencils. Let's just go and assume I'm going to break the first couple, maybe force one in my throat. Give me a, give me a couple pencils and a, and a neck uh, brace just so I don't stab myself in the neck with, a, with the original pencil. Um, I could probably, probably figure that shit out in like 25 minutes. Uh, I would have to do a little research. Um... But I, I don't know why you would ever need to do that math. I don't know why you, the fuck you're planning out the trajectories of, of uh, planes and flight paths. Are you going to fucking bomb these places? Are you going to put a bomb on that? Are you going to sneak on with a, a little razor blade? What the fuck are you going to do? You need to know where these planes are taking off, when they're taking off, how fast they're going. I don't know why the fuck you have to know their airspeed velocity. I don't know why the fuck you need to do any of this shit. Why you have to have to know the know the other planes airspeed is leaving from like Cincinnati. Why you need to know that one? Why are you co coordinating your attack with your buddy? What the fuck do you need to know that it doesn't make any sense some shit's going on here i don't want to know about i don't want to be part of your fucking your plan your terrorist plans sorry pal i'll stick i'll stick to ordinary basic math multiplication is as far as i'm gonna go division we'll see we'll see okay we'll see about that but anyway negan helps her but he's kind of like we need to talk about something you actually you could relate to and he's like Oh, there's just two straight dogs, straight dogs, not straight dogs. I don't know. I don't know the uh, uh, sexual identification of the dogs, but he's like, there's two stray dogs. And what's to say they one goes and he starts talking to, like a story about how he kept taking his stray dogs and eventually one of them killed them all. Anyway, math problem. 
And I, I like seeing their two characters develop with each other. Because in the comic, obviously, Judith is, is long dead. She fucking died at the prison. She got shot through, uh, through the mom. I, I think... I don't think it was the governor, but it was the governor's second in command or something like that. Shot, and it went through the wife, through Lori, and through the baby. There is no Judith in the in the comic, guys. I don't know. If, sorry to spoil that for you, but basically in the comic, it's Carl who who communicates with uh, with Negan. There's no more Carl, so we have Judith now, and there's no more Carl, so we also have Henry. So all of Carl's storylines are divided between the two of those characters, which is interesting to see. This is when they do the comic book conversion well. Stuff like this. And this is all this season, so kudos. This is another compliment for this season. Instead of having Carl, they went, okay, what do we do about these storylines that we need to do that are actually important and impactful as far as storyline and character development go? And they go, okay, let's give half to Judith, half to Henry. Here you go. And I didn't think about it in the moment, but I'm thinking about it right now. I thought about the Henry shit when I was happening, because I'm like, when he starts to fall for uh, a character down the road, I don't, I don't want to get into. And I'm like, okay, this is all Carl shit. But now I'm thinking about it. Judith has the uh, Carl scenes with Negan. Anyway, um, um, Magna, uh, the, the the group from earlier that got taken in, she wants to leave this place and she wants to go fight. And she keeps being like, let's go fight. And I'm like, you want to go fight the four of you. You want to go fight just a community? Just a community of people who are armed and you are not? The fuck you gonna do? You're like Henry trying to fight those savior guys. The fuck math are you gonna do? What the fuck superpowers are you gonna get in the next 12 minutes that's gonna help you fight an entire community, you dumb bitch? She decides to go talk to Michonne and she's gonna pull a, she has a knife on her. She's like, she, she didn't find this knife. One of those little knife things. And she goes over there and she looks in the window and she's, she's, uh, sees Michonne playing, running around with her son. And she knocks on the door and she's like, yes. And, and she's like, oh, hey, I just wanted the, you, you didn't see this knife. I just want to hand it to you. And she's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And it's like kind of like, it's nice. It's nice. Again, I like the, this is my favorite part of the comic, this sort of stuff, where it's people not trusting each other. I'm not sure if they can. Can we trust this person? And this season is mostly about that. And I, that's why I like this season. Because it's like, she was about ready to stab Michonne in the throat, and she saw her playing with uh, who we find out was named RJ. Uh, but she was going to stab her in the fucking throat, be done with the place. But she's like, she had a complete 180 there when she saw that. And she's like, oh, she's genuine. She's actually not going to probably not going to kill us. Cause they they've already uh, went over the fact that these this couple this group here, Magnus group, has been through some shit, some false communities, kind of like Woodbury earlier. Um, so she's not trusting, and so she sees her playing with her daughter, and she's like, oh, wow, it's real. It's not a fucking act at this point, and she hands her the knife. I like that stuff. I don't know if most people do. I like that stuff. I like the character development scenes. When I mentioned, when I was bitching last season or two seasons ago or three seasons ago, probably the whole time there, about I don't know anything about your characters. This is the stuff that matters to me. It, it fits the storyline and it fits the characters because now I know she does have a heart. Michonne has a heart. She's trying to overcome her feelings for this. Feelings, 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 feelings. I didn't realize I'm a man bitching about not having feelings about characters, but if I don't care about the characters, I don't care about your show, which has been season, which is season eight in a nutshell. And I was like, holy shit, they, they did that. The thing I asked, thank you. Again, I'm taking a pause again to say thank you. 
How many, how many times do I have to say thank you in this episode? It really means a lot to me. And I feel like they are listening to the show and fucking thank you. If you are, thank you. You did it. I just want to say thank you. I need to move on because I can't say it that many times because my brain's about to explode. Again, I'm very fair when it deserves it. And it, this season deserves it. And I don't know what to do with myself. I feel very awkward and feel, I feel like I'm forcing it, but I'm really not. Thank, thank you. Oh, I'm getting allergic to it. So let's move on. Um, we see, oh, Michonne turns around after she sh- shuts the door on Magna. She sees uh, that Judith is carrying Rick's gun. And then uh, they have a little conversation there. She's like, put the gun away. Why do you have that? She's like, daddy said I could have it. She's like, I'm forgetting their voices. I'm forgetting Carl and Rick and my daddy's voice. I forget what they were like. What, they, what do they sound like? And then uh, she fucking runs upstairs and blows her brains out because she's a child and fell on the stairs and that's what kids do. So Judith is out of the show. That's a weird turn, right? I can't believe they did that shit. But uh, we see a scene there where the uh, the saviors are sleeping. Um <clears throat> Excuse me, almost done here. My voice is, is uh, hanging in there. It's doing its best. So uh, we see a scene when the saviors are sleeping, and they're kind of getting like covered in liquid. We don't see what it is. And then we see it's Carol pouring gasoline on them. They are heavy fucking sleepers. The smell alone would wake you up, but they are heavy fucking sleepers. They must have been tuckered out from robbing people all day. But she fucking burns them alive. And then the next day, she's like in the, in the cart with Henry, and he's like, I can't believe we just left. We didn't do anything. We need to go find that. And she, he looks down and he sees the ring and she just like winks at him or kind of looks at him like, eh. And he's like, oh, don't fuck with mom. Oh, good God. I'm, I'm pretend talking like a badass. She's legit. Because really think about the math he has to be doing there in his head. Speaking of math from earlier. So if, her, if the Carol plane left from Vengeance Town going 6,000 miles an hour and the Savior plane left from... Uh, Please don't burn me alive, uh, Ville, going uh, zero miles an hour because the plane's asleep. That 600-mile-an-hour plane is going to hit that other plane very fucking hard and very off guard because the other plane is not looking. It's facing the other direction. It's going off and it's trying to take off in a separate direction, but it's not moving. It's idling. It is in shutdown mode, actually. It's not even on. So the math on that is just like, holy shit, my mom... I'm abandoning that bit, by the way. My, My mom is a fucking badass. She just... The, the shit she must have done to get this ring back, I can't even pretend I know what that is. I'm just going to go ahead and shut the fuck up the rest of this drive. <laughs> I'm just going just gonna to sit here, uh, lest her vengeance be turned around on me. Let, I don't want that Carol plane to turn around at, uh, please don't bring me alive, Ville, and come at Henryville, or Henrysburg, let's change it up. I don't want that shit going to me. I don't want that shit facing in my direction because, holy shit, that is a... That is a terrifying plane to have coming at you. I'm really sticking with this analogy, though. Good God. <laughs> I need to move on. I'm losing my voice hardcore. It is really like slip. I'm grasping at the last little. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't let go. Anyway, <laughs> God, it's gone. <laughs> oh, this is sad. My voice is so pathetic. Anyway, so <laughs> the, the next day, they run, uh, after that, they're running the Daryl. And she's like, Where, you've been out here in the woods this whole time? He's like, look over the body. He doesn't, he doesn't groan this season. Another problem that they did fix for me. Thank you so fucking much. Honestly, thank you. My second, I would say my second gripe after the make me care about your characters, have them be emotional and weak to each other, emotionally weak, was, or emotionally vulnerable, I should say. Not so much weak, but 
was have Daryl be a fucking person, not a growling beast. So that was my second gripe, and this is fixed. Because Daryl, it's still like, it's still Daryl. They didn't do like a, hey, Carol, it's Daryl. You don't remember me? Daryl Ryerson? They didn't do that. He's the same character, but he's like, he's telling you what, he, what he's doing, what he thinks, what he feels. Like, like Daryl would. I don't know why the fuck they made him a weird-ass weirdo for seasons. When, when they began his character, he was emotional, and he was hot-headed. And that went away so he could be a... And that's it. He was just like rocks rolling around some metal in his throat. And that's all he was. So I'm like, hey, he's speaking. And he's looking for... He's like, I'm out here looking for Rick's body. I haven't found anything. Going to keep looking until I do find something. Keep in mind, it's been years at this point. He's not going to find anything. That does seem a little ridiculous that he's still fucking out there years later. Anyway... Let's finish off the episode. And that is Eugene and Rosita. They are running around trying to escape because uh, Eugene's leg has exploded and Rosita is trying to help them get out of there. They cover themselves. They go like on a riverbed. They cover themselves in mud, trying to cover their scent, I guess. And a herd is walking by. And we and then we kind of focus on the characters and they're like, you hear them here. You hear, you see them here, I should say. Like, don't let them get away. Don't let them get away. You hear the zombies speaking. And at that point, I was like, hey, the Whisperers, 906. Yes, good timing. They didn't do it the last episode of the season like they thought they were going to do with A. If they didn't kill Rick off in the last episode, I'm like, they're probably going to do a little setup, fake, false setup in 908. Or introduce the Whisperers, one of those two. But they did both of them early on. Thank you for not being so fucking predictable. The show has been a predictable, stale fucking mess for years at this point, and this season caught even me off guard. As far as timing, something as simple as timing. I don't want to know exact... I predicted last season down to the fucking episode. That's fucking sad. And, and this season, I, I, had, I had no idea. I figured once they introduced them in the end of this episode, I'm like, I figured it's going to end about here. I wasn't far off. I thought it was going to be the last episode. It ended up being the episode before that. So kudos to that. Even just that small difference there kept me on my toes. And that's all I'm asking. As a fan of the comic, it's nice not to be like, here we go. It's going to go here. Yep, it's going to go here. Even if it doesn't follow the comic exactly, I can still fucking tell you just based on how lazy the writers were. It's not even the writing of the episodes themselves sometimes. It's just the structure of the season. They need to spend more time on that. And this season, they proved they can. And they did. So thank you. Again, I'm pinning this strictly on Angela Kang. Even if it's not her, Angela, pass it along to whoever is responsible other than you. Tell them thank you. Tell them that you guys did a kick-ass job this season. I'm done sucking at the teat of season nine and everything for this, for today at least. Um, go to LAWstudios.com, check out the shows, check out the podcast there, the other show reviews, Walking Dead, uh, obviously, uh, Twilight Zone review, uh, Westworld, and American Horror Story. Um, yeah, uh, YouTube.com slash Loitering Wonderland, Loitering in Wonderland at gmail.com, uh, Patreon.com slash Loitering in Wonderland Studios, and until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix, sucking at the season nine dick, sucking, choking all nine inches of season nine down my trope.
just just swallow on it. I'm just talking right now, so this is a technically a 40-minute episode. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing right now. Just a little disclosure there, because I was real close to the 30, like 29-minute mark, but I round down and round up on my time, so this is why I'm still talking. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens.